Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are turning themselves into super sleuths. <laughs> Poirot would be very impressed. <laughs> uh, the Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Oh, <laughs> Megan. God, sometimes I wish we don't. <laughs> talk beforehand because now that's all I want to talk about is this <laughs> internet mystery that we're going to expose. Good lord. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I'm going to give a really quick rundown of the internet mystery. Unless oh, okay. my computer stopped working. No. No, we're good. No, it's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. I was just watching the bar not move and I'm like, mm, are we still recording? Uh, okay. So there's a, a, a person on Twitter that I follow who is very obviously not the person they are pretending to be. Their profile pictures are all very heavily photoshopped. I sent Kelsey one. She can confirm. Or just um, straight up stock photos. Yeah. And then uh, any travel photos that are posted on this account are very clearly stock photos or taken from, like, Pinterest or other people's Flickr accounts. Because, you know, you can, like, reverse image search things. So I posted a thing the other day, maybe about a week ago, and I was just like, we know this is a fake account, right? And some people laughed and we all, you know, sort of moved on. And then uh, a couple days ago, the profile picture got changed and there were some travel pictures posted from somewhere in Europe. Uh, I can't remember where it was. Uh, somewhere in the, in, the, uh, in the Baltics. And I was like, mm, those look very blurry to be vacation photos. I don't believe this at all. And so I reverse image searched a couple of those. And yes, they were clearly from Pinterest. And then today there were more photos taken, this time in Barcelona. And my goodness, my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> one of the photos that um, we I shared with Kelsey, she said, it looks like someone took a photo and then did a watercolor of a photo and did a watercolor of the watercolor and then took a photo. Uh <laughs> And to quote Maybe her, we'll post that one. Do you think we should? Get me. Okay, we, we will. I think we can. Uh, and it, to to quote Kelsey, she says that there are like seven pixels in that photo. <laughs> Just look for her Instagram. You're gonna love it. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, my summer goals now. Uh, I mean, I have other things I need to do. I have to finish a course and maybe start another one and like teach summer school and you know do some things. Um, but my summer plans now are to expose this person <laughs> and just figure out, I just need an answer to the question, why? Okay, I that's just why I was hoping know, you were going to ask. <laughs> I just need to know why. Like, it's not like who are who. you? The, I don't even think the who matters. I, I want to know, know why. The why, because not only is it bizarre in this day and age of, like, constant, you know, user verification... But also, to what end? Like, what, yes. is, what is the point of doing it? And doing it in such a half at You know what? Kids these days, <laughs> they don't know how to fucking catfish, okay? <laughs> like, it's, it's so lazy. It is. It's very lazy. And, like, I, there's, you know, some speculation or whatever. Like, I've got some friends on the Twitter machine that we... We talk about it. One of my friends and I, we talk about it quite quite a lot, actually, and it's always really funny. Um, but the thing that we can't get over is how there are some, like, seemingly smart people who appear to have been completely bamboozled by this fake account. <sighs> it's just... 
upsetting really it's the worst it's the worst thing i've ever seen it's, <laughs> it's awful. so bad it's terrible and like i don't feel bad about saying it because i don't believe that the persona that has been presented is the real person i i will say this i'm fairly convinced that this account is being run by one person because the tone of the tweets and stuff is not doesn't change in the sentence structure and those sorts of things they're they're consistent enough but i am not convinced that this account is who it says it is it's just oh my god i literally cannot the expendence of energy to create this is so wasted like i actively control a twitter account dedicated to proving david staples wrong (laughs) (laughs) and even that is exhausting and i quit because i realized when he was being like dumb about covid and like curriculum things like really dumb and harmful i was like no he doesn't deserve anyone's clicks not even in jest um although somebody yesterday on twitter said so yesterday the day before Uh, said that, you know, um, you could get better information from, like, Clippy the Paperclip, and I was like, I think you're looking for Dan Paperclip, so I reactivated the account for a hot minute. <laughs> just for one solid dunk. That's all you need. Yeah, just, just one tweet, and then someone responded to it, and then I replied, sorry, are you looking for me to, t- to explain to you why you're wrong? And that was it. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, it was really funny. It made me laugh. Oh, I'm so separated from things in Edmonton and Twitter, and just the mention of David Staples was a breath of fresh, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, glad there's somebody in this world who has that reaction to him, because I don't think anyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, so we will, as we go through, we'll keep you updated on my attempted expose on this weirdo account (laughs) on this very serious twitter investigation yeah very serious super sleuths that's what we're gonna be oh god anyway um yeah so that's that that's where we're gonna start off i guess yeah i am panicking now because we didn't pre-discuss what we were going to discuss except for (laughs) I had a wild story to tell (laughs) this weirdo catfishing um so I went to see uh Fast 9 on opening day Uh and it was so bad and I loved every minute of it so I hear that Jonathan Cena's in this one yeah you know uh it was dumb (laughs) (laughs) yeah the show him my surprised face (laughs) him being in it was dumb the premise of it was dumb it was something that has like legit never been alluded to before and i understand i realize what i'm saying here that like i'm complaining about continuity in these movies i saw a twitter thread the other day that was like well here's the potential timeline of the fast and furious franchise and uh, fast nine canonically takes place in either 2013 or 2017 (laughs) Wait, depending what? on like which detail depending on like which details you believe from like certain things and I'm just like oh boy this is way too deep of a dive on these movies which I'm definitely going to read it at some point in time anyway 
Yeah, John Cena was in it. Um, that's about all I can say about John Cena being in it. <laughs> like I just that it like, is. Yeah, he he was there. Uh, spoilers, I guess. Tyler has watched the movie, and he might be the only person who listens to the show and also watches the movie, so he's seen it. So here we go. But it's part of his family. Oh my god, yes. Well, so much family. I would love to make a franchise drinking game out of the word family. I think it would be very fun, and I think I would end up in the hospital in the middle of the fourth movie. Absolutely and it would only be, you would. And it would only be the fourth movie, because in two... So, what... Okay, so this Fast 9, you're telling me, takes place in between other movies? No. It takes place after all of the other movies, but... One of the problems with the timeline, which is a fair point, is that in the end of the fourth one, the Dom gets last bad one, right? Like objectively bad. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty bad. So the fourth one was like the fourth one was the reboot of the franchise, because um, the 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 third one was Tokyo Drift, which is quite good, um, but has really nothing to do with anything else. And so Fast and Furious, which is the fourth one, was the reboot. And sort of like the continuation of the very first one with, you know, the things that they were doing and stuff. Anyway, Dom gets sentenced to prison in the fourth one. And I'm pretty sure he gets sentenced to five years. But I feel like it's sort of implied, but not ever actually explicitly stated that in the fifth one, when they break him out, which is super fucking cool, um, he's only been in jail for a year. But they talk about how his sentence is, like, almost up. So there's, like, a weird timeline thing. Which, in any other movie world, would drive the absolute... Like, it would drive me so crazy, I wouldn't be able to handle it. But this one, I'd I'd suspend all disbelief, because it doesn't matter. Um, And so this person went through this Twitter thread and and explained how, based on where Fast and Furious, the fourth one, takes place, and based on whatever, if if we believe that, that... Dom served his whole sentence, then Fast 9, based on the events and the timeline and how quickly the kid, the, like the babies that are born are growing up, etc., etc., it should take place in 2017. We believe the conceit that he only served about a year before they broke him out, even though, quote unquote, his sentence is almost done, then it takes place in 2013. So how are they four years behind the present day? I don't know. Like, why would you do that? I have no Well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, there was a production delay when Paul Walker died, and then there was another production delay when COVID hit. So, when Paul Walker died, that movie was supposed to come out, the fast, uh, the seventh one was supposed to come out in 2015, I think? Mm-hmm. And then it would have been 2017, 2019? But then I'm, pr- if I... If I remember right, it didn't come out until 2016. However much on the next one. And then they did Hobbs and Shaw in the middle because everybody realized that uh, The Rock and Vin Diesel don't get along so they can't be in a movie together. And then the eighth one, and then the production on this one was stalled when the pandemic hit. So that's why they're behind. Sure, but like... You could also just... 
I know. I'm aware. It's way too complicated for what those movies are. It's true. Although the best part, so the absolute best part of this one, though, well, there are two best parts. One, they went to space, which is, like, a thing that I've been saying for fucking years. So, like, that was cool. Um, and it wasn't all of them. It was just Roman and Tej in, like, this car <laughs> that went to space. It was amazing. I'm, Loved okay, every minute okay, I'm sorry. Excuse me, a car went to space? Excuse yeah. me? Hey, whatever, Richard Branson just went to space, anything is possible. Um, yes, but he didn't do it in a fucking car, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> It doesn't matter. See, this is the thing about these movies. In the eighth one, The Rock, like, steered, uh, like, a torpedo or a missile or whatever, like, while he was skidding on the ice behind it. So, like, it doesn't matter. You just have to suspend all of your disbelief. And... One, though, was at one point, Roman, played by Tyrese, um, was like, if you guys ever wondered about all the shit we've done... And how none of us are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which is oh, incredible. Tyrese. Because the best. But also like in the sixth one and he hasn't been around was alive somehow. It's fucking incredible. And I don't even remember how it was possible, but I don't care. It was amazing. Wait, so Han's in this one, too? He's a wonderful character. I just don't understand the audacity of these goddamn choices. <laughs> it's uh, boy. just shocking. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, anyway, it was really fun. Riva and I went, and we laughed a lot, and I was like, So that was something. Yeah, that was talk something really me, enjoyable. Talk me through that. <laughs> so okay, so this was on June the twenty fifth, and in Alberta the restrictions all lifted on uh, July first. So there were still like spacing restrictions and stuff in place. And so the one we went to was the Landmark uh, Theater in Saint Albert because they've got like the good recliners and stuff, mm -hmm. and the seats are in pairs. And so the, what they had is they actually had like like corrugated plastic in between the pairs of seats. Okay. So that there was a little bit of a barrier. Um, remember the stuff that we used to put up in our windows at the school? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Basically, and it was black, so like it, you, it wasn't a distraction because, of course, the theater's dark and whatever. Um, but they also were only selling seats, so they'd sell like the pair that we had, and then there was actually a space. There was nobody sitting in the seats beside us, mm -hmm. and then they would sell like the next pair. So I'm not sure what's happening now in a place like that, but I know it like the Cineplexes, group oh, just to provide some spacing so they're not selling fully yet um is my understanding anyway i'm going to see black widow tomorrow so i'll let you know uh and bring oh, up tickets, Megan, so I have i'm no so idea. jealous i want to go to a movie so badly i have i have no idea what it's gonna look like so i'll let you know what that is but honestly the movie theater experience was like fine Okay. I felt that in the fall, like, when I went to see Tenet, it was fine. There was, I mean, there was nobody in the theater when I went to see Tenet. But, like, I didn't feel in any way weird and unsafe about it. It was just, like, doing a thing. Did you have any snacks? Or were you just like, no, I'm not even gonna, like, put my hands oh. near my face here? Oh, no, I had snacks. Okay. 
for 10 months, so, like, I'm yeah, a little bit less worried I about, so. right? Whereas, like, if we'd had this conversation last year, it was a, would have been a very different conversation. And that's something that I've talked with, like, friends about as we've gone on. Like, be, I think because I've had to be at work in a school. Right. That's, yeah, okay. Understood. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Which is, like, maybe not the best... <laughs> way to think about it but like at the same time but you know it's I don't it is yes and also like I made it through 10 months where I had kids who actively had COVID in my classroom with me yeah and I didn't get sick pretty incredible right so like and and not only did I not get sick but like I as far as I know in my classes anyway there was no transmission within my classes so, like, I had kids who were sick, but they didn't pass it on to anyone else in our class. Which is remarkable in and of itself. Yeah, jeez. Um, so, like, I, yeah, I think, I think that the movie part was fine. It was, it was, but it was nice to see it on, like, this is the kind of movie, too. You can't watch it on a small screen, right? No. Like, you gotta go watch it on a big screen. Um, and it was, it was so dumb and so fun. And just, like, it was a really nice, for me, anyway, it was a really nice, like, entry point back into watching movies in person. Oh, good. Because it was, like, I didn't have to take it too seriously. It clearly didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. And I was just like, this is the dumbest, most fun thing I've done in a very long time. <laughs> uh, in, like, what is it? Like, 16 months of making, like, extremely careful choices. It's nice that you got to do that. Yeah, it was it was good. And then we also went to see In the Heights, um, which was playing at the Telus World of Science. And so same kind of thing. Like, they didn't have the barriers between the seats, but they were only selling them in pairs. Mm -hmm. And then, like, ev only every other row. So it was, like, quite spaced out in the IMAX theater. Um, it was beautiful. Like, it was visually stunning. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking that when you watch it, which I know you will at some point in time... Mm -hmm. The thing that I liked about it the most is the thing I hated in Baby Driver the most. <laughs> which Where is? I, which is just, like, syncing up the music to, like, action. Absolutely hated in Baby Driver. It made me very angry. And in this one, I loved it. Partially because it was a musical, and that's sort of how it's staged a bit. But it was just, like, it was cool. And it made me laugh that I liked it because of how much I hated it in Baby Driver. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, oh, it made me so mad when I watched that movie. But this one was really fun. And you know, like, in the trailer, there's the scene in the pool with all of the, that was, like, the choreography in that scene was absolutely amazing. It was so cool. <sighs> I'm so excited to see it, and it's just breaking my heart that I have a goddamn baby who won't let me go to movies. <laughs> oh, it's just. Like, John Chu is such a great director, and the cast mm -hmm. looks fucking amazing, and we already know the music's gonna be great, like... Mm -hmm. Oh, there was man. a there, there was a surprise Chris Jackson in there. It was really funny, Reva, and I, like, cackled out loud. No way! Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Aww. Apparently he was in, like, the original Broadway, but it was just so funny to see him in the movie, and I was like, of course, of course he's here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, and then on Friday night this past weekend, I did the most, probably the most risky thing I've done in months. I went to a stand-up show. 
and there was lots of people. Like, it was a very small space, and it was quite full. And it was, like, by far the most, like, the most people I had been around who weren't, like, masked up and sanitizing their hands every 14 seconds right. in months. And it was, like, it was a little unnerving at first. Oh. It was a little bit unnerving. So, like, we got there, and there's a patio and bar, so we had to, was, we had to drink. Of course it was Riva and I. Who else do I do things with? Um, and... Yeah, so we were just, like, out on the patio having a drink, and we went in and sat down, and um, there was nobody sitting, I was sitting on the outside of the aisle, and Reba was right beside me, and there was no one sitting right beside her, so we had a little bit of space, but there was someone right behind us and someone right in front of us, and, like, everywhere else that I've gone, there's been spacing, and there's been, like, room to move around and stuff, and this one, it was just very different in that way. Was it, like, hmm, was it difficult to relax? At first, it took a little bit of time to, like, sort of ease into it, but then it was, it was fine. And it, the, the show was good enough, and it, like, made me laugh enough that I kind of forgot about it. Oh, okay. Right? And then, but then after the fact, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and he was like, well, what was it like, you know, with the no masks and whatever? And I was like, it was a little bit weird. It was a little bit unsettling. Huh. But, I mean, at the same time, like, you gotta, at some point, you gotta, like, take some risks, right? And do some things. Is I think the and like to whatever comfort level you're you're okay with. I think yeah. is the important part, right? Like you gotta, but you gotta, you can't. I don't think it's healthy to stay in your house at all times. But Megan, when, this is where all my stuff is. <laughs> I know, but like you don't stay in your house at all times. We you've shown me photos of, but you know what I mean. But like, yeah. You know, and you're not paranoid about it. And I, I feel like, and I understand that people have dif- different, like, risk tolerances and all those sorts of things. But it has been nice to be able to go places. Oh, for Even sure, if it's for only sure. for, like, half an hour. Yeah. You know? Um, the one place that hasn't really changed is the bookstore, because it's never very busy, and so, like, the bookstore is still a nice place to be. Um, but, like, I went yesterday to get a new battery on my phone. And so I had to go to the Apple store, which is just the seventh circle of hell. It is the worst place. Um, it was better than normal because they're not letting as many people in because of, yeah, you know, spacing and stuff. And they're not, like, they've got all their tables set up for people to sit down at. Well, they're not letting people fill all the stools and stuff, which is kind of nice. Um, and all of the employees are still wearing masks. That's the thing I've noticed more than anything is employees are basically all wearing masks in every, everywhere that I've gone. Yeah, me with too. The exception of, like, with the exception of, like, grocery stores, employees are basically all wearing masks. Yeah. Um, and so the employees there were all wearing masks. You had to check in. You couldn't just walk in. You had to, like, actually check in right at the front. Um, so they were, you know, if they, and if they couldn't accommodate you right then, then you'd have to, like, wait out in the mall instead of, like, being inside the store and stuff. But, it went, but you didn't and, like, have to, like, book ahead? I did book ahead just so oh, okay. that it was easy. Um, okay. They were obviously taking people in, but they you had to check in with a person at the front before you could just walk into the store. Even if you were just, like, coming in to buy something, they just, they wanted just for a person, you had to stop and check in, which I thought was interesting. Um, But it was interesting in there, because, like, all the employees were wearing masks. I had mine on, because I was like, ah, who cares? It doesn't matter to me. And there was lots of people who didn't. But it was some very, like, clear demarcations in, like, gender and age and race. Tell me more. 
for like who was wearing them and who wasn't. And then I had to be in the mall for about an hour. And so I went and bought a book because I forgot that I didn't have anything to do without my phone. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll go buy a book. Because, <laughs> of course, my phone. Anyway, and I was like, oh, I'll just go buy a book. And I did. And then I read it all yesterday. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting to me what I discovered and I, when I went into the bookstore and then into the food court um, to sit down with a drink and read. Generally, and this is obviously not true of everywhere, but where I was yesterday, the people who were not wearing masks were predominantly white and between the ages of about 20 and 60. Uh-huh. Kids a big seem to range. be wearing a large range. Kid like young people under 20 seem to be wearing masks, whether they were like employees or just people there, and then older people tended to be wearing masks, and then the majority of people who weren't white were also wearing masks and that spread across the whole age range. Right. And I felt, so I was sitting in the food court and I was reading my book and I had gotten a drink at Starbucks and I was sitting there and uh, this kid and his dad had gone and gotten some food and the kid, he was like nine or ten and he was putting his mask on when they were getting up from, or getting ready to get up from their table and he's like, dad, don't forget your mask. And he's like, oh, I don't need it anymore. Bah, 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 bah. And so I made like a really big show of pulling mine out and putting it on yes. while I was just sitting there and like just to make that, because the kid felt like a little bit... I think he was a little bit embarrassed. Attacked, yeah. What a rude thing you know? to do. And so, yeah. So I just I put I put my mask on and and just I didn't acknowledge him or anything, but I was just, I know he was he could kind of like see me, so I just made a show of it and then left it on. I was like, well, I don't particularly care if I have it on; it doesn't matter to me. Um, but yeah, it was a very weird thing. It was just it was odd, just sort of seeing like being out in a boat. That's the first time I've been in a mall since. Yeah fucking 2019 probably oh like really? probably just before christmas in 2019 yeah well i never go to the mall like what do i why would i do that i like yeah, them all it was, it was uh it was weird it was weird everything is everything's weird everything is bizarre right now it's a bizarro world everything's very bizarro when my family arrives on wednesday our list of things to do include the Calgary Zoo and Callaway Park and I'm a little bit anxious about all of it so in my experience already people are just on your ass at the mall not giving you any space whatsoever and it's just like that's the one thing that we can keep guys <laughs> uh-huh. you don't have to stand 10 centimeters away from my fucking face Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, and just like I—that's the thing I don't understand. I really—that's the thing I really don't understand—is people like and just the personal space thing, and it has nothing to do with anything else. It's just like get the fuck out of my space, and I don't care about COVID even. Just like get out of my space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I think the zoo will be fine. I think so too. Like we also plan to go during the week as well. So that will hopefully be uh, another reduction of just how busy it would be rather than on a weekend. But Uh um, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird after, you know, 16 months to be like, oh, okay. You know, you can hug people now. Yeah, it's very, very bizarre. That's the thing that, like, 
that I find that I had some trouble sort of wrapping my head around. It's just this, this idea that all of a sudden now everything was fine. Yeah. Like, in the, there was no, like, easing into it, right? It was just, it was just like, okay, here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. when they were saying, you know, July 1st, we're going to reduce everything. It's like, okay, well, what fucking changed from 11.59 June 30th to 12 a.m. July 1st? <laughs> like, exactly. nothing did. Okay. Yeah, it was, that's, yeah, that's the part that I think is really, is really strange. But, like, you know, um, like I've, you know, like I've talked about with, uh, you know, with, with friends and stuff about it. And, uh, you know, just the, the idea that like, you have to be comfortable with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's so, like when the, when the restrictions were first lifted and they made the announcement, I remember people were like, ah, it's too early. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, yeah, it probably is. But also maybe perhaps if you don't want to do the thing, just don't do the thing. Totally. You know, like nobody's making you go do the thing. Although one of uh, the people that I follow on Twitter, uh, who I know is a real person, um, <laughs> 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 because I've met her and her husband before. Uh, sh- they went to the gym on July the 2nd yeah. um, and didn't stay very long because, it, as it turned out, um, they hadn't really thought A lot really of places about- you can only stay an hour right now. Yeah, but they, didn't, they were only in there about 15 minutes anyway because they hadn't really considered the spacing. Yes. You know? And stuff, because before, you always, like, as she was saying, like, you've got the gym bros who, like, don't wipe the equipment down because they just suck and whatever, whatever. And you have those people breaking rules anyway. But then all of a sudden, you just have all these people just moving around so closely. She's like, we hadn't really thought about that, so we left. And then, mm-hmm. so that was on the 2nd of July. And then on the 10th, I want to say, they got the email saying that they had been in contact with someone that oh, one fuck. day at the gym. Seriously? And I was like, ah. And I'm like, how did that take eight days, first of all? Yeah, totally. Like, f- first of all, and second of all, like you know, you, you so you're okay. We're gonna try this. We're comfortable with this, and then all of this. And people, of course, when she'd said something about it on Twitter about how oh you just need to get over it, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And she's like, yeah, can I get an apology now? Yeah, totally. Basically, because all of a sudden, um, you know, they they were at risk, and I was just like, oh man, that sucks. That sucks so much. God, that's so frustrating too. It's just, it's just an ongoing headache, right? It is. People are just going to keep being stupid, unfortunately. They are. They are. And it's not going to get any better. Like, I don't foresee myself going to, like, a hockey game or anything. Uh, I have tickets to see Celine Dion in August, though, and I'm not going to miss that. But other than that, like, I don't foresee myself, like, making, you know, big leaps back into the way things were before. Yeah, that's what's happening right now in my friend group is four of us have tickets to go see Harry Styles in Vancouver in August. And right now in BC, it's the restrictions on like public or not public gatherings, but like performances and events like that make it impossible that this thing is going to go ahead as per all the tickets that are sold. Mm-hmm. So we're just like, what do we do? Are they going to go ahead with the concert? Are they going to cancel the concert? Like, and we haven't heard anything. So we're like, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, it's less than a month now. I don't know if I'm ever going to get that money back. Okay. 
Whereas here in Alberta, it's like, well, we're open for business, so do your thing. Yeah, um, man. Jason said it's going to be the best summer ever. Yeah, it's going to be super good. Um, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to the post-Stampede fourth wave. going to be awesome. Seriously? Um, yeah. I just, anyway, I got lots of thoughts about that, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until we get there to, to see if I'm right. Um, the other thing, though, that Riva and I are doing um, at the end of August, there's a concert series that's running at Northlands Park, like mm-hmm. the racetrack. Mm-hmm. And it's inside, like in the, the, the lawn inside the track or whatever. And it's, I can't remember what it's called, uh, what the concert series is called, but we're going to one of the shows and you have to buy your tickets are at tables and you can't mingle with people at other tables and you can if you want merchandise or like drinks or whatever you order them on an app and they just bring them to you and i'm like this is how all concerts should be at all times oh my god this is an incredible idea so there's a table and then you just bring your um like a circular table of four situation well you can buy them in twos fours or sixes wow and so if you buy a table of six then you have the whole table and so you can have six people. And if you buy four, like, there's no mixing. There's no mingling. You're not sharing with anyone. You come as a group and you, like, hang out as a group. And I'm just like, yes, this is 100% how all outdoor concerts should be from now until eternity. Let's make this happen. Yeah, totally. And also it's an outdoor concert and on a Sunday. And it's the Sunday, like, uh, right before school starts again. Uh, and it has to be over at 10 because it's a Sunday night. And I'm just like, oh, that'll be perfect. I can be in bed by 11. <laughs> You're like, this works for all my old lady likes and dislikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really, it really does. I'm very looking forward to that. I think that'll be lots of fun. That'll be really cool. But just the idea that you get to just go to a concert and just only be with the people that you're with and you don't have to mingle with anybody is just, to me, is just the absolute greatest. Yeah, I totally agree. It's... I've also seen, I think it was in Barcelona, they've been doing these outdoor concerts where you are in your own, like, bubble tent. Okay. (laughs) And it was just so weird because it just made it look like, you know, there's a stage, there's, like, some sort of, like, rock band playing music. And then I only saw, like, six of these bubbles, and they just have, like, two people in them just, like, dancing. (laughs) Okay, we have entered some weird-ass alternative dimension. (laughs) This is our proof. Yeah, it is a weird alternative dimension, isn't it? I also Um, want you to know I held up two fingers uh, out of my fist and did a like shoulder shake when I said two people dancing just so you can picture <laughs> what's going that's on good. There. that's perfect I, I appreciate that um I read a book yesterday okay Kate we can't do a thorough discussion of I'm this not, because I'm not I still want to read it <laughs> oh no you have to read it but, okay so I hope the people who are listening all three of you remember us talking about the silent patient and how I read it one night, because you had read it a long time before I did. Yes, it um, did. And then I finally read it one night, like, went to bed, opened it up, and I was like, all right, let's go. And then I stayed up until three o'clock because I couldn't put it down. And I, like, I remember yelling, like, what the fuck, when I got to the twist. Uh, so this is another book written by the same guy. Uh, it's called Maidens, and the author is Alex Michalides. 
and it's set in Cambridge University, and the person, the, the, our protagonist, is also curiously a psychotherapist from London, just like. Um, really? Okay, so he's got a template yes. here that he's working. Yes. With. Okay. Uh, so I would say, so I posted it on my Instagram story, and a couple of people who have read *Silent Patient* were like, "Is it better or worse than um, *Silent Patient*?" I was like. I don't think it's better. I don't think it's necessarily worse. It's not a better book, but it's different because of the way that the story is being told. Mm-hmm. And so I, I texted Kelsey while I was, there was about 80 pages left. So I knew that the thing that made me gasp wasn't the twist just because there were too many pages left. Um, and I was just like, Ooh, there's a thing. And I like actually gasped because there's a, a just a, something that kind of caught me. And I was like, wait a second wait a second, and then I remembered. But yes, okay, I'm thinking of the thing that I'm supposed to be thinking of. And then the twist came at the end, and I didn't see that one coming either. Okay. Um, it, I don't know if it was quite as tight and, like, quite as, as neat and tidy as the one in The Silent Patient, uh, which, because I haven't read that in a while, and I loaned it to someone in, like, January, and I got it back in. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I know where it is. It's fine. Um, but it did kind of catch me off guard because I didn't really expect it and now I'd like to go back now that I've read it and see if I can pick it up okay but I don't know I honestly don't know if I could interesting so, it was good I, because, I liked like, it a lot once you know the stuff it's hard to like revisit it all over again is kind of what you're saying well yeah and it's also like once you know the twist right there are very it's few things it's like watching The Sixth Sense, right? When you, like, you know the ending. Right, right. But it's fun with something like that to go back and watch it and see if you can figure out the thing. Like, if you could, like, you know the ending now, and so to go back and watch it again or to read it again or whatever and be like, oh, yeah, there's a clue, there's a clue, there's a clue. Right? And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I, in The Silent Patient, I don't think those clues existed. And if they did, I could not find them. I just opened the wiki page for The Silent Patient, and one of the negative reviews says the book was clumsy, contrived, and silly, with the twist-savvy readers will see coming a mile away. How the fuck? Excuse you, reviewer, you are wrong, because the way that that story was told with its, like, separate timelines that were set six years apart, but there was no indication that they were set six years apart, how the fuck would you know? How the fuck would you know? <sighs> anyway, yeah, anyway, I quite enjoyed it. I, I picked it up because I went to the bookstore at the mall because I had nothing to do. And so I was like, oh, I'll go. And then I saw that I knew it was coming out sometime in July. I just didn't realize when. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 30% off. And then Already? I saved like 10%. Oh, because it yeah. was a bestseller event. Yeah. And I saved 10% with my card. So it cost me like $16 for the the trade paperback and I was like yep sounds good to me um and then I went and sat down for an hour in the food court and read and then I got my stuff went home and then I went over to my mom and dad's for dinner took the book with me sat in the backyard for a while and uh, I was finished it by like 6 30. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it was just it's good he's not the best writer in the world but it's compelling enough that I wanted to know what happened yes Right? And to me, like, you don't have to be an excellent reader to enjoy a book like that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's very good. It's very, very good. And I read something, too, because I was curious about it after the fact. I read something, and his, uh, I guess they're writing a script, or somebody, he's writing his own script for The Silent Patient. 
Oh, excellent. Uh, he's writing his own script. He's a, Well, he's apparently a screenwriter. Oh, yes, that's right. I did know that. And yeah. apparently the rights to the script have been uh, purchased by Brad Pitt's production company. I am currently on that wiki page. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at. Yeah, anyway, that's what I read yesterday. It was interesting. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for like a really good quick summer read... Um, the Maidens by Alex Nicolides is uh, something that I would recommend highly. This is very entertaining. Oh God, I can't wait to read it. Oh. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I'm trying to think. I've also been watching a lot of British crime stuff on Netflix. Um, just because uh, I watched all of Shetland, which has been that's been made available on Netflix, which is I think the first four seasons of the BBC show. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still a fifth season to go. The first season, so Netflix did a weird thing with their seasons and they turned it in, they made it on, like, there, they said it was three seasons, but it's actually, like, four, because the first season on the BBC was, like, two episodes. Mm-hmm. And then, and those oh, were two yes. separate okay. murders yeah. and stuff. Right. And then, um, I think season three and four were, like six episode arcs man so good just so well done and so well told and like everything it was phenomenal i loved it uh, i would strong if you haven't watched it i would strong recommend my husband and i watched lupin yeah on netflix which i really enjoy uh i started watching it and then he came in like an episode later and was like wait a minute this is in french why didn't you tell me it's in french because he's been like taking french on duolingo for like five years um, and that was really enjoyable, but, mm-hmm. um, then, oh, my sister and I watched Sweet Tooth when she was here. Okay. And the, I'm not going to talk about Sweet Tooth, but at the end of each episode of Sweet Tooth, they try to get you to watch Manifest. They'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, new on Netflix. And then there'd be like a fucking 20 second trailer of Manifest. And each time my sister and I were like, we don't fucking care about Manifest. Show us the next episode of Sweet Tooth. Well, of course, we went and started watching Manifest, my husband and I. So mm-hmm. it's the thing about it is that it's Christian lost. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like interesting enough. But it's very Christian, and it's weird that it's, like, secretly so. It thinks it's being secret, but it's not. It's a very weird show, but I'm, like, ten episodes in now, so I guess I'm committed. Would Um, I recommend it? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. No, it's funny, because I keep seeing ads for it, too. It's like, you should watch this. I'm like, should I? Uh, and I haven't started it yet, so clearly I don't think that I should. Um, Did you ever watch Lost? I watched, like, the first season in a bit, and I just didn't like it. It wasn't... Okay. And then, you know what, and it's funny, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll give it a try again, and then people were so angry about the ending. I was like, nope, that seems like a good place to stay away from. Yeah, it's... um frustrating um i think you made a good choice there yeah i it was one of those things that like didn't grab me right and then i remember watching uh did you ever watch this is 40 yes so you know how their oldest daughter was watching lost yes and she got right to the end of it and she was just so upset that Uh they were all dead (laughs) 
And like, and I mean, I knew that was how it had ended or whatever. And I just remember thinking that her reaction was probably like what my reaction would have been had I like gotten reinvested into it. Totally. Um, totally. And so I was like, oh man, thanks for doing that for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> What's so funny is that the, her reaction was so emblematic of, you know, the contemporary reaction to loss but it was coming from a child (laughs) so I don't know if you know Judd was like if that was some sort of commentary on (laughs) the depth in which lost should have been appreciated like it's so easy a child understood it kind of thing or if he was you know Maybe just talking about obsessive TV in and of itself, but oh, what an yeah. experience. But yeah, that was, uh, I remember thinking that. Uh, I also watched on Netflix another British show, again, there's been lots of them, called Retribution, and it was just a four episode limited series. Mm-hmm. And it was these two families, I think they were in Scotland, anyway, and these two families, and like the daughter from the one family married the son from the other family, they'd grown up together and blah, 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 blah. And, um, Sometime after their wedding, they had been murdered. And so it was like trying to figure out who had done it. And it was phenomenal. It was really, really well done. Oh. But I like those tight stories. Like, I like those yes, shorts. Totally. I love it. And then there's one with um, Carrie Mulligan on. And I can't remember what it was called. Shit, I need to look it up now. Um, and that was also oh, yes. that I watched. I've seen the trailers for that one. And I quite liked it as well. She was playing a a detective or whatever and um trying to solve and it was and what i like about all of these shows all of these like british sort of crime shows which are very different from like american police procedurals in so many ways but one of the things i really like about them is how you have these things that are very seemingly disconnected yeah and then all of a sudden everything kind of like winds up together and you're like okay yeah it does make sense like that's a, that was an interesting thing whereas like at first like how the hell is this related to this there's no possible way Mm-hmm. And then all there's of a sudden also it is. very much a focus on the protagonist as someone who is deeply flawed in British television. Yes, yes. <laughs> the show is called Collateral. Ah, uh, yes. Is, is the show, um, and I quite, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really interesting. It's, it's, it stars Carrie Mulligan as a DI, a detective inspector assigned to investigate the shooting of a pizza delivery driver in a London suburb. That's the premise of it. And then it involves, like, a sitting member of Parliament. And, st- like, it's fascinating. Very, very... Billy Piper's in it. Like, it was really, really good. I really Oh, I it. love Billy Piper. Yeah, she was... It was good. I really enjoyed it. So that's been, like, my... <laughs> that's been my, like, last little while um, of watching television and stuff. There's just yeah. something so thrilling about a police procedural. I don't know how to explain it. I think we just all want to figure it out, right? Like, there's an inherent need to know the unknown, so we just get obsessed with them. Which is one of the reasons why a book like The Silent Patient, or even The Maidens, I really enjoy, because, like, I want to figure the thing out before it gets revealed to me, and when I can't, I know it's been done well. Yes. Right? Like, if I can figure it out, it's not been done very well. Is sort of my... 
that's that's my viewpoint. I don't know if that's correct or not. But I'm reading. I just started uh, last night. I started reading a new book by Harlan Coben. Same kind of thing. He writes those like tight little thrillers, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. I want to know: Can I figure it out before before I get to the reveal? Before he tells me? Maybe sometimes I can. Sometimes I can't. And that's you never know until you read it, and then then you know. Yeah. And those are I very enjoyable that, to me. I think that relies too on the point of view of the mystery and how much they are willing to tell you as the audience, right? Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, Silent Patient, we didn't see it coming because we didn't expect the person telling the story was the mm-hmm. person telling the story in both narratives. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. And so like, but it's, it's just been fun the last little while because I'm teaching summer school and whatever, but I have some time to read some books and whatnot. So it's been nice to, it's been nice to read some books and just sort of enjoy my time. Love it. You deserve a lot of time free to enjoy. Um, and then that leaves me time to passive aggressively pressure wash my patio when my neighbors come outside and sit on their patio and smoke. <laughs> <laughs> because I can smell the smoke comes through the patio door. The people on the one side who don't bother me at all, they don't smoke. They're, that's not them. So it's the people on the other side who I don't like. And so I'll be in here doing whatever and I can smell it. Sometimes I'll be upstairs on my computer doing some stuff and I can smell it. And then... About 20 minutes later, while they're still just sitting outside hanging out, I'll just go outside and turn the pressure washer on and, like, clean my clean my patio. Uh, my patio has never been cleaner. Um, <laughs> and it usually chases... I do it for just long enough that it usually chases them inside for, like, a solid hour. Your capacity for vengeance is inspirational. <laughs> I... Yeah, anyway. Um... So last week they had a big fight the the couple that lives there and please tell me she's still gone. No. So she they had a really big fight and he was like throwing her stuff like out onto the lawn like it was all very dramatic. And uh I was coming back from the grocery store and I felt bad because like this poor woman she's like trying to pack her stuff up into like garbage bags and stuff and whatever and you know, and so I, like, got out of the car, and I asked her if she was okay, and she said she wasn't, which, you know, understandable. And so, like, I gave her a Kleenex, and I was just like, I would help. She's like, no, don't help. She's like, because if he sees you out here helping me, it's not going to be good for you. And I was like, okay, I'm going inside then. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, mess this up. So I went what inside. What a psychotic up... thing to say. I know. So I opened up my front window. Just in case, right? Just, you know, because I can hear stuff. I didn't have to, like, be out there. And I may or may not have taken some garbage to uh, the garbage hut while um, she was waiting for her ride. And then her ride came, and there were three guys who helped her, like, pack her stuff up. But two of them literally just stood between the front door of the house and the van. Oh, my God. In case he came outside. And then the one guy, like, helped her put in the stuff. She didn't have a lot of stuff, but helped her put the stuff in the van. And then, I don't know if he finally heard it or whatever, or was, like, standing watching. He came outside and he started yelling and he threw something at the van and whatever. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going in. So I had to wait until he went back inside before I could shut the window. Because I didn't want to make it obvious, obviously. And then, um, what day is today? Tuesday? Saturday, maybe? I can't remember. A Saturday or Sunday? I was taking some garbage or some recycle out to the, the, the building 
And as I was walking, because I can't see the, that road like from my place, so as I was walking to the road that the garbage hut is on, I see the two of them coming back from a walk, hand in hand, as if nothing had ever happened. And then this woman, who was like sobbing and kind of a little bit in fear for her life, yeah. ultimately, uh, had the audacity to say hello to me. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god. I was just like, what? I don't... Uh, I mean, I get it, I, but I was also just like, lady, what are you doing? Like, what why, are you doing? What are you doing? He's bad news. God. I, the thing that, like, struck me too is I have never in my life been so angry that I've thrown an object that belonged to somebody else. Uh-huh. Like, do you know what I mean? I cannot fathom ever being that angry. Yeah. And just, like, being like, all of your shit needs to be out of my goddamn face right now, and I'm gonna literally try to throw it away from my being. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I just, like, I can't, I just, I can't fathom what that's like. Anyway, so we'll see. So, but I, they were, they make a lot of noise and I can hear it through the walls. And it's not just like, it's not yelling and stuff like the last people, but it's like stomping up and down the stairs and slamming doors inside. And like, it's, it's loud and I can hear it. And so I emailed the property manager and she, it's a new lady who's looking after the account. And so she was basically like, well, she's like, we can give them a verbal, uh, you know, a verbal warning first. And she's like, if that doesn't work, you know, let, you know, if there's however many incidents in, in this many days, after the fact, they just let us know and we'll proceed with a written warning and then it will get, uh, it'll become the landlord's problem. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Sounds good to me. Well, at least uh, something's, you know, yeah. someone's taking action. Yeah. And I basically said, I was like, I don't really want to get involved because like the one person is very volatile and gets very angry and I don't want to be part of that. Well, yeah, obviously. And at least in generally in those situations, you have the capacity to complain anonymously, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Hopefully. Hopefully things are fine. Um, hopefully. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I have a absolute embarrassing thing to tell you. All right, let's hear it. Last, I was going to say week, but I'm pretty sure it's been a calendar month since we recorded. Um, last time we had the question of taking a chance on a book to bring to a deserted island that we've never read before. Uh-huh. And I was chastised severely by Larissa, who essentially said, you fucking idiots, you take a book on survival. <laughs> considered nonfiction. Larissa, we were there for a good time, not a long time. I'm gonna read a novel. <laughs> Leave me alone. The most perfect response. <laughs> oh my god. I seriously when she texted me that, I <laughs> went into a laughing fit that probably lasted ten minutes because it was so so emblematic of our capacity to be so in our heads about things and literature and just absolutely ignoring what's right in front of us. 
Yeah, no, she's, I mean, she's technically not wrong, but also that's way too logical. How dare you? <laughs> well, she's a Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's really funny. You're right. No, we never, because you know what? Do you want to know why? We could, I could probably spend hours talking about this. When someone asks me about books, I never think about nonfiction. Yeah. There's nothing like, to rediscover about nonfiction. Well, it's not like they're, it's not like I don't think of them as books because they very clearly are. Like, I'm looking at my giant bookshelf over here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and my one downstairs is all nonfiction stuff. And so, like, it's not that I don't recognize that those are books, but, like, generally speaking, and I, if you are one of those people who reads nonfiction for fun, please don't take this the wrong way. I cannot imagine having a world of fiction to choose from. Mm-hmm. And wanting to read something and then sitting down and reading a book that's not fiction. Although I will say this, I did very recently read um, 1491. Oh, yeah. I don't know who the author is. Really, yeah, it was on a recommendation for someone and it was really, really good. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, and it was sort of, you know, obviously about like the pre-Columbian exchange. Yeah. And then there's also a 1493, which I will get to at some point in time. So I'd like to read that one as well. I found them really interesting and I read them on recommendation, but I probably wouldn't have picked it up just for fun. Um, but yeah, I just, I have lots of interest and it's funny too. I have lots of interesting nonfiction stuff. I have lots of memoirs and autobiographies and like really cool things. And every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, I'll read one of those. But I also have upstairs a bookshelf full of unread books. And like, why would I want to read something like factual when I could go get lost in a world for a while. Yeah, totally. I also think, too, that if... I could be convinced to choose a nonfiction book if it was written, you know, like The Martian or something like that, even though I hated The Martian book and movie. But otherwise, just not interested. (laughs) I'm, this is this is typical, Kelsey. Not interested in a book that would literally save your life <laughs> because I'm a book snob. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you 100. But yeah, there's there's some stuff that I've read, and like I, there was a time for while, well, like in university and whatever, where I was like quite heavily into like World War II history mm-hmm. and stuff, and so I've got lots of really interesting things um, to read and that I have read and, and whatnot. And I don't have a problem like having them. And it's nice to have those like pieces of, of reference material. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice to have that stuff. But like, again, I'm not, I'm not going to sit down and read, um, nonfiction generally speaking. Although I do have a book called the Donnelly's must die. Uh, about, like, yeah, which is really good. Um, about like the feud. Uh, with the Donnelly family and whatnot. So that's a good one. And then I also have some, like, really interesting, like, tongue-in-cheek Canadian history books, which I think are kind of fun. But generally speaking, like, I'm just looking at the shelves over here, and it's just, like, tough slog after tough slog, and war and war and war. And, like, that's just what I have. And so, like, to me, I don't... I can't see myself just being like, you know what I'm going to read? The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. I have read that book. It's a good book. Oh, it's fascinating, but, like, it's, it wasn't fun. No, not at all. <laughs> like, it wasn't a fun read. No. And it's not yeah. like <laughs> you can be, well, uh, three months have passed. Guess it's time to dive in again. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, reading 1491 was a very different kind of narrative. 
Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, there's obviously historical documents and whatever that can support the things that are being said, but there is some speculation just because of the, the time and space and distance and whatnot. And so, like, it reads a little bit more like... Like a, a Jared Diamond situation? Kind of a little bit more like that. Okay. And so it, it reads a little bit more, um, like, creative nonfiction than straight nonfiction. And I think that that's one of the things that I like about stuff like that. Huh. Well... Well, I'm glad that we have listeners who have very different perspectives than us. <laughs> because... Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because <laughs> otherwise, how would we know how dumb we are? Yeah, exactly. That was <laughs> one of the hugest shocks of my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any, like, questions or anything like that? I ha- only have one. I forgot to ask people for questions, but I do have an FMK that you sent me on Instagram, and I was like, we're doing this on the pod, because it made me laugh. I already um, have no memory of this, so <laughs> do it. Okay. Um, hang on one sec here. I just need to pull it up. It just made, I remember it made me laugh, because there is a right answer, I think, but it just made me chuckle. Are you ready? Oh, wait. I think I know what this is. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Fuck, Mary kill. Mr. Clean, the Green Giant, and the Brownie Paper Towel Man. <laughs> okay, I remember having this conversation with my sister as well. And I think what we decided is that the Jolly Green Giant is an abomination and needs to be killed. <laughs> no question. <laughs> Secondly, we think you might have to marry Mr. Clean because you know his whole thing like he you're gonna have a, a spick and span house and uh, then of yeah, course and, you fuck the brownie yeah because you do marry mr clean because your house will always be clean and guess what you'll never have to do clean your house yeah however my sister did provide the counter of yeah but he cleans at his job all day long you're telling me he's also gonna clean at home and i was like yeah his name is Mr. Clean. Yeah, you don't... Yeah, you can't claim that you're not good at it if that's your name. Like, it's not possible. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it was funny that when I read it, it made me laugh because I was like, oh, the Brownie Paper Towel Man. I was like, that would check a lot of boxes was sort of like my thought um, for me. <laughs> I was just like... But no, immediately when I saw Green Giant, I was like, no, he has to go. Like, there's a of lot of problems with that. he has to go. He has to go. Um, yeah, he absolutely has to go. Uh, yeah, no, I think that that's the correct answer. I don't really think that you can, you couldn't, you couldn't convince me. The brown and paper towel man would be good at, like, wiping up spills. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, do you know what I mean? Mr. Clean's got, like, the whole gamut of stuff. And I feel like everything would be better. Except for maybe Windows. I don't know if there's a Mr. Clean for Windows product. Well, I also have terrifying news. The statue of the Jolly Green Giant giant in Blue Earth, Minnesota is 55 feet tall. <laughs> oh, I don't like that at all. I do not like that. <laughs> it's so scary. That's terrifying. He also I... is wearing a very <laughs> flirty length tunic, I think made of leaves. So... I don't even know if he'd be interested in me. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Um, that reminds me of when uh, we were in North Dakota and we saw the statue of like the world's largest bison. 
and it's like 26 feet tall which is still a lot of feet tall it was so tall that i could stand up underneath the chin of this thing and my head just barely touched it and i was just oh, like oh i'm looking God, at why? the picture now like it's gigantic what's so frustrating about it is that it just looks bad <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a bad statue, and the hilarious thing is the way the interstate highway is built, that when you drive by it, because the interstate's, like, right behind it, is you see its butt. Because of how the I'm road is built. obsessed with that. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it was terrible, and it, it was just so funny, because I remember I was just like, uh, that's a very bizarre, that's a very bizarre orientation. If you, like, it's just, it's a very bad statue. That's what I can't mm-hmm. get over. It's, I think my six-year-old niece could draw a better bison than that one. Oh, she absolutely could. And even if she couldn't, she would tell you that it was better and you would believe her. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's other reasons for that, too. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I don't want to get into that. I'm just saying, she would just tell you. Um, yes, I did. She would. Oh, she you know what? Too. I did read a question that made me laugh, and I thought you might enjoy this. Okay. Movie. If animals could talk, which would be the rudest? If animals could talk, yeah. Which would be the rudest? Well, cats for sure. Okay. Oh no! Is there a punchline to this? No, no, there isn't. Okay. It's just a, it's <laughs> a genuine like a question. It's a joke that I was, like, trying to answer. <laughs> no, it's a genuine question. Cats. Yeah, I think cats would be the rudest. Cats or snakes. Okay. I think a snake would tell you to fuck right off. Oh, absolutely it would. Although I watched a video the other day of a honey badger and a snake and a jackal. And the honey badger was trapped by the snake. And then the jackal was like, I don't know. Anyway, the honey badger got away and killed the snake and then chased off the jackal. And it was kind of incredible. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, a jackal's like a wild dog? Yeah. Okay. It's like, I don't yeah. even know what a jackal is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do think a honey badger would be quite rude. Uh, I think it would just be like, oh, for the love of fucking God. You know, and then it would tell you all of the. It's like that John Mulaney insult where he talks about the how the thirteen year olds are the rudest or the meanest people alive. Yeah, and how they like make fun of the thing that you're most insecure about. I feel like a honey badger would be like a thir- the thirteen year old girl of the animal kingdom. Okay. Somehow, because they got they got lots of attitude. Yeah, uh, the attitude pictures that I'm looking at, I just don't like. They've got this weird like hair situation <laughs> why the, i don't think i've ever seen a picture of a honey badger before yeah and I, don't know I wish i had gone another day Ugh. <laughs> oh i see that honey badger python and jackal oh my god yeah like it's kind of crazy it's it's insane and the honey badger like you could see you could see it if it if it had like if we could anthropomorphize the honey badger and give it like human body language characteristics you you can see the point in this video where it's just like oh fuck me <laughs> <laughs> and then does the thing anyway it's kind of incredible yeah. um 
It, yeah, it just, it made, it made me chuckle. Uh, anyway, that's all I got. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I got nothing. All right. I'll probably this might be our shortest episode time. ever. Yeah, it's still over an hour long, Megan. I know, <laughs> but it might be our... Hey, I've been doing a hockey podcast every couple of weeks uh, on over on the Oilers Rig, uh, which if you want to check that out, you can find it. I think it's on Anchor is where we're hosting it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can just look it up. And I think it's on our Twitter too. And it's me and three me and three dudes talking about hockey. And the shortest episode we've done so far is like an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and we're doing one today because, which I'll have to post today, because the Oilers uh, made a trade for Duncan Keith yesterday. Um, Wait, what? Oh yeah, you, oh yeah, right, you're very disconnected. So <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so Duncan Keith, uh, three times Stanley Cup champion, two time Olympic champion, uh, 38 years old. This is key. Um, they traded for him uh, to shore up the blue line or whatever. I don't really know. I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, I have some thoughts, but I'm going to save those mostly for the hockey podcast. Um, but for who? People. Uh, Caleb Jones and a pick. And I think that's it. The problem is that Duncan Keith's cap hit is like five and a half million dollars. And Caleb Jones's cap hit was like eight hundred fifty thousand dollars And in this, Keith wanted to trade out of Chicago. Uh, I didn't realize this, and he, it said he wanted to be closer to his family and stuff. He's from, originally from, uh... BC, right? I was, like, I think he was born in Winnipeg, but then, yeah, he had spent most of his, like, yeah. adolescence in BC. Um, yeah. but I, and I didn't realize this, but he's divorced, and his son lives full-time in Penticton. Uh, gotcha. And so he wants to be closer to his family, and so there's really only three options. Maybe yeah. four if you go Seattle, but there's three options. Uh, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. And so he asked for a trade out of Chicago. And he basically said he wanted to come to one of those teams. I don't think Calgary was ever one that had was on the block. So it was going to be either Edmonton or Vancouver. And if you're the player, you're, of course, going to want to come to Edmonton. Right, over Vancouver at this point in time. Yeah. Like, for hockey, for hockey purposes. Anyway, and so it is what it is. And whatever. Oh, my God, the internet was so upset about it yesterday. Because Ken Holland, the Oilers GM, uh, who may or may not just be... Um, semi-sentient potato at this point so like i mean this in the nicest way aren't possible. we all sem- <laughs> semi-sentient <laughs> potato right somehow oh, if we managed... were making merch still like semi-sentient potato is such a good t-shirt okay can you text me that so we can make this our episode title yeah sure. um okay because i'm gonna forget as soon as i'm done telling this story um so the trade that they made then uh sent caleb jones and a pick over to uh, Chicago, and we got a prospect and Duncan Keith back in Edmonton, but there was no salary retained um, on the Blackhawks. Okay. Yes, so that means uh, like real money, val- like real dollars. It's not very much because his contract was kind of front loaded and whatever. But um, cap hit, it's five and a half million dollars, which is a lot of money. Uh, and then of course today, it's learned that uh, Ryan Suter uh, in Minnesota, his contract has been bought out. And he's a better defenseman than Duncan Keith. And you could, of course, now have picked him up for free. Um, but anyway, it's just the internet is very upset. So we're going to do a, bo- a podcast. I sent DMs to the boys that are on it. And I was like, are you free tomorrow to yell about this trade for a while? And they were all very enthusiastically uh, available. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I, I can say it here because this won't get posted until after we record the hockey one. I think that if the Oilers win a Stanley Cup while Duncan Keith is in an Oiler uniform, the cost of Duncan Keith will not matter and people will forget. Because as much as... That's always how it goes. 
a small percentage of fans like, who pay attention to things like cap space and contracts and things like that, the majority of sports fans are so casual that, like, they don't care. Yeah. And they don't care, and they'll watch, and if the team wins, it won't matter. It was like we were talking about on our hockey podcast a couple weeks ago about the Habs, and if they ended up winning the Stanley Cup, which, of course, as we know, they didn't. Um... And one of the guys was like, yeah, well, they're not very well set up for the future and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, do you think fans in Montreal care about the future if they win the Stanley Cup this year? Absolutely Like, not. do you... No. And I would still, still, I would trade the Cup in 2006 for all of the things that have happened since then. Mm-hmm. Including getting Taylor Hall. I would trade all of that if they had just won that fucking Stanley Cup. Totally. And I think a lot of people would. And so anyway, that's what we're going to yell about uh, in about an hour. It's going to be super fun. I'm very excited. Um, so with that being said, that's all we have for you this week. Uh, you can find our things on the internet, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, not Google Play. Um, I had it there. I got it in there, but I didn't have to like pretend that it doesn't exist. Um, you can look at our Instagram, which is hilarious today. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that if I didn't post it now, I'd forget. So... Yeah. There you go. Oh, you good. can see the photo we were discussing at the top of the episode on our Instagram at this moment. Avery yeah. has already replied to me in a separate <laughs> DM about it. So, <laughs> uh, It's perfect in every way. I just looked at my phone and was like, oh, Kelsey texted me and then I remembered. Semi-sentient potato. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have a website which maybe we'll update. I don't know if we're doing that still. I have no idea. Oh man. It's... it's... <laughs> It's my responsibility, and it's a great shame. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We can we can just start fresh from this one. It doesn't really matter. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone has noticed. <laughs> I'm sure it would be a nice, you know, walk down memory lane if I were to ever update. It, it. would be pretty fun. Yeah, it's to um, the point now. You know, when you fall so behind on something that you're like embarrassed to go back and see because you know it's going to be so much work. That's kind of the situation I'm in right now. Yeah, I I understand that uh, very well. That's pretty much how my life works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find us on Twitter at Garbage Fire Pod, and by us I mean me. Um, <laughs> If you have any questions that you would like us to answer, any burning questions you want us to answer, uh, send us a tweet and then remind me that it's there. Otherwise, I will forget. You could also DM the Instagram because we both see that and it would be a shock to get a DM on that account. It really would be. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we've ever gotten one from anyone who's not one of us. No. (laughs) Never. No. So yeah, you can contact us in all of those ways. Uh, and over the summer, we'll try and do, you know, some more episodes and maybe like a movie or two if we can. So we have some stuff in the can. Yeah. And hopefully when I see, hopefully in the Heights and hopefully Black Widow and hopefully read that book, then I'll have a lot more to say. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't yeah. right now. I really hope you read the, the book. <laughs> I really do hope you read that book so that we can talk about it because it was good. I liked it. Excellent. Okay, well, that's all we have for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster.